therapist for 17 years. We watch a lot of uh, true crime shows. So every single podcast is a business meeting where you have to have a purpose and an outcome. So one of the purposes is to give information and learn information that's not given in most true crime shows and a little bit of sociology to find out uh, the world around you because you have to, one of the basic things in life to survive is you have to know your surroundings. So especially if you live in a nice place, high rent place, you have to know your surroundings. So you know what's going on for your basic uh, survival needs. So that's one of the purposes, one of the outcomes, is kind of solving that. And then we we do really well with sports betting. Uh, 15, 15, well, 1,500% ROI first three years of this NFL betting podcast. That means you have 15 times more money than when you started listening, right? So to that end, uh, Scott's helping me from uh, his perspective in Massachusetts, because you need diversity. You need a different perspective for a different part of the country. I'm sitting here in Southern California. It's good to get perspective from someone, different part of the country, the horse racing industry there, and people there, right? So between Scott and I, we have over 100 years of living, high-rent areas. So we share that success with you. And as we start broad and go narrow into the podcast. Each podcast builds on the previous podcast. So before I give the broad narrative and how each episode builds on each one, and kind of a little summary so that people go back and listen to the other podcasts, they know where we're going with this. But as we transition from... Uh, the series we did, and we're still going to tie those up. We're going to write something in our newsletter. It's going to be detailed about George Navarro and Jason Service that we talked about. And for us, for me anyways, I'm glad that uh, Scott shares this opinion. It's very fascinating. And you learn a lot from what goes on because really what goes on on the high level, the elite levels, affect us. Like it's affecting the people in the Ukraine. It affects us. For us, it's subtle, but we can make moves subtly. It makes a difference between not running out of money in retirement, uh, being able to mitigate inflation without being hurt. So those are the outcomes that we want. Again, not running out of money when you're in retirement, not having inflation hurt you, right, and maximizing our time while we're watching sports or betting on a triple crown race. So before I, I do the narrative and then get specific to the two-part series, the murder of Honey and Barry Sherman and how it connects to the George uh, Navarro indictment, Jason Service indictment, and how all that connects to the possible winner of the triple crown races. What are your first thoughts? So as we've touched on the last, you know, the last four episodes, five episodes, however many we've done, is that 
you know, with George Navarro, you know, he did the, the perfect crime in two different, in the same place, two different times. Uh, this couple is very, very fascinating. Josh sent me some links. I got to read them. I watched the press conference. I did, did a lot of research. I looked at, at uh, Barry Sherman's Wikipedia page that Josh sent me. Very interesting man. Had a lot of hats in, in each, a lot of hands in each thing in life that he did, whether it be selling, you know, and we'll go through it, selling his houses, you know, the uh, the drug lab that he had, that he had, um, you know, right. his home and stuff like that. So um, these are, this is a very, fa- I mean, George Navarro was fascinating. These two are extremely fascinating in terms of how they tie into everything that we've talked about and everything that we will talk about. So, so George Navarro was going to have a lot of education. Um, it's being accused of what these people actually had the capability to do, right? Because um, right now the Russians are having problems with logistics. FedEx is having a, a, an upheaval. It could be activism where you know large shareholders want to take over the management of the company. It's because as good as they are with logistics, it's not like FedEx is not making money, but they're not as good in logistics as UPS. Yeah, and right. UPS is not good at logistics as Amazon. Okay. They're having problems because of that. Yeah. George Navarro, who was a horse groomer who becomes a horse trainer, it's a huge leap for him to have the logistics expertise yeah. to pull off uh let me read the indictment. So the indictment says, right, PDs performing enhancing drugs for horses that were manufacturing. Who could do this? In an unregistered facility. Who can have a lab that's functional and that works, right, for them to win consistently? Mislabeled. Who has the printing presses? Who has the... Graphic arts to mislabel things, right? So, first podcast was Mike Gill, Horse Warner, and he talked about Penn National. Penn National owns Barstool Sports, and they own Barstool Sportsbook. But when you go to a sportsbook or you go to a racetrack, you have to have software that takes your bet, sees how much money you bet, and how much money you get back. <laughs> Xbet is is uh, we'll talk about basic elements of crime as we go along. I list them a lot of them in the episode notes in the podcast. I'll have them in the articles I'll write for the newsletter. But the first thing a cop does, right, and Scott can ask, you know, family that he has in the Massachusetts State Police, but in an investigation, the first thing a cop does is try to place you at the crime, right? So expert. The mechanism for placing bets is owned by the Stronish family that's in Canada. Mm-hmm. So this operation, if you read the indictment, starts in Canada. Yep. So you say where, right? Uh, where in Canada does this have? And how does it get to the city we've been talking a lot about, Ocala? So Mike Gill talked about the, the syndicates in the Northeast, talked about Steve Wynn who's a 40% owner, and we'll have links to the SEC filings. 
Security and Exchange Commission. The win win owns forty percent of Penn National that owns Bartool Sports. Then we saw Portney, an employee of Bartool Sports, give out final four picks, right, or final eight picks, old four. But that's why you don't get picks from the casino, right? Because <laughs> who wins when you go in for it? The casino does. So that is the basis we went on to talk about George Navarro and this now 11-year investigation that there were no indictments until 2020 after they came back from Saudi Arabia. And then Jared Kirshner, who today for us is uh, March 29th, 22, Jared Kirshner in a couple of days is going to testify for Congress, for Congress. But at that point in time, he's building a relationship with the Saudi kingdom for God knows what. But we do know that the Saudis, United Emirates, is going to be a meeting with them where XJet, the first known spiked horse from George Navarro, came yeah. to light. 2017 is a big year because that's where Honey and Barry Sherman were murdered. So we talked about George Navarro. How does a guy make $36 million, gets a purse, leads out for this, keeps $5 million, right? Criminals, you take all their money. Who says crime doesn't pay? Well, crime pays for George Navarro to the tune of $5 million. Why does he get to keep that? Is he going to testify in the upcoming trials, right? So we went from him to Jason Service, who's from the lovely state of New Jersey. He lives there. He was born in West Virginia. So he's from New Jersey. Uh, the drugs were shipped from Canada to Pennsylvania, right? Pennsylvania is home to Penn National. We all know Steve Wynn, part of the five families. We'll have the link to the article in the newsletter in the episode notes where Steve Wynn's daughter was kidnapped. Who are the type of people that kidnaps other guys' daughters and have a beef for money, da-da-da? So we know about Steve Wynn. So we went from Jason Serber, $2 billion handle for sports betting in the state of New Jersey. Penn National has casinos there in New Jersey. And we go from Jason Service, who we just finished, to Honey and Barry Sherman. So tell us, Scott, what you know about these two people. So what I know what I know based on the links and everything else I've read is that they were in you know, lived in Canada, I believe Toronto area. Right. Um were um were in the the drug lab business. Um, well, they own a pharmaceutical company, right? Pharmaceutical, not drug lab business. Pharmaceutical. So, so they're like Pfizer, Moderna. You go to the doctor, he prescribes you a medication. And yeah. These people, what did they do? They manufactured the medication. They went to the lab. They connect the the chemicals together. They lab, label it and they send it out. Right. <laughs> That if you right. read the indictment, right? Uh, right. 
had their hands in a lot of things. They were selling their house. They were building a new house. That I think they bought uh, land to, to buy uh, build a new house. Uh, you know, very strained family relationship with not with their kids, with with other members of their family. Um, kicked them out of the business. Um, basically, told them go away, don't come back. Um, very philanthropic. Um, they, they were all you know, part she, of the will. The will third. Yeah. Yeah, she was. She was, I believe, involved in some charities and some other things up there, and they were they were people that that were in the community and were available, were out there and stuff like that. Um, I don't like see real estate maybe part of their you know part of their their background maybe, um, and they were involved in the horse racing game. He you know he was so. Um, knew a lot of people, Penn National again comes up and, you know, all these trainers and all these people he was involved yeah, with. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I don't know if he was going to stay in Canada or if he was going to move down to Florida. I'm not sure where where he the land was, but um, it would not surprise me if it was in Florida because of Ocala, as we've talked about many times and some other things down there. The city there, so. of Ocala, right? So the city of Ocala... <laughs> I know about because I got to do catering there once, actually mm-hmm. twice. Both yeah. times was surreal, right? So the first time we did the Karen da da da, and uh, at that time uh, John Gotti was supposed to be in jail. I see, I see John Gotti in the living room, and I tell the guy that I came with, "Let's get the hell out of here." <laughs> they got it. They got the food. They could serve the food. We're out. Second time I went to Ocala, Florida. I look in the couch and I see. Completely methed out and drugged out heroin. I don't even know. Uh, J Lo's ex husband, the guy that used to sing, Mark Anthony. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is not my kind of party. <laughs> so, needless to say, I never catered anything anymore yeah. to uh, Ocala, Florida. But Ocala, Florida is full of meth. But you have the Bad Boys Farm in Ocala, Florida. And the Bad Boys Farm is owned by. The Gambino family, and you know, you know, you can read the newspaper, figure that out. They're still there. John Gotti Jr. is still there. They run horses where Tampa Bay Downs, where you have the Florida Derby, right? So I don't know. I don't know anything. I just know those things. So let me so read my, from the. Go ahead. In my mind, when you ask me about the Sherman family, the, the couple, they were a huge name in the horse racing business that you never, ever heard on TV or any place ever. else, basically. Ever. They were supplying the drugs to Penn National for what George Navarro did. <laughs> because and, of... And we're, make, and we're making that... Uh, we're making that conclusion based on what we've read and the evidence we're doing. We're letting logic... In the end, it does lead us to make that conclusion. Scott just made. Exactly. So, the money. We talked about this before. Scott made that conclusion based on what we've been uncovering yeah. and reading. Right. So, in my mind, the, a lot of the money they had came from Penn National for, you know, they sold their house or they were in the process of selling it $6.3 million. Building a new house, that part of that money was going to put it, but another part of the money was going to the drugs they were distributing to Penn National and George Navarro. 
and they were they were the quiet couple behind the scenes in horse racing right. that you never ever heard of. So and they're that's, only that's, couple, and they like they were nice. Most Canadians were really nice. Yeah. There, were, there were only uh, seven murders in Toronto that year, and they're two of them, right? So let me read the Wikipedia here. Bernard Charles, and we'll, this will be a wide podcast, and we'll get into the details, right? The specifics next podcast. Bernard Charles Barry Sherman, right, born February twenty fifth, nineteen forty two, died December thirteenth, twenty seventeen, right? Ex quiet jet time getting caught for being spiked, winning in uh, oil rich country. United Emirates, to us, is important because they're going to replace oil that uh, Russia was selling to Germany to punish Russia for their invasion of Ukraine. And we feel that because of these international events is why the you know 11-year FBI investigation, where obviously FBI agents were getting paid off, judges, whatever, uh, had to do something, right? Because you couldn't let these guys mess up deals with the United Emirates in Saudi Arabia. He's a Canadian businessman and philanthropist who was the chairman of APOTEX Inc. with an estimated worth of $3.2 billion. And that's an interesting number to keep track of after we do these two podcasts, we're going to do two podcasts on the Stronic family who owns XBet. To tell you what I was talking about before, the mechanism to bet on XBet is owned by the Stronic family, plus they own six horn f- horse lamps in Ocala, right? And in Ocala, Florida, at the Stronic family uh, horse farm, there is a lab. And pharmaceutical, uh, I guess, pharmacy owned by who? Amanda, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Sherman? <laughs> yes. Very Eddie Sherman. Eddie Sherman. Yeah. Apotex, Inc. What does Apotex do? They are a Canadian pharmaceutical corporation founded by Barry Sherman. The largest producer of genetic drugs in Canada, exceeding annual sales of a billion dollars. They've employed over 10,000 people with revenues of 1.9 million. Now, right, let me ask you this. We ask a lot of questions in this podcast because it's a true crime podcast. And cops ask a lot of questions and attorneys ask a lot of questions. I just read you what they do, right? They sell to 115 countries. Now, versus them, versus George Navarro, do they have the capacity of what they're – because this is so crazy. Fishman, we got puck for this, the veterinarians, because then after Jason Service went to the veterinarians to finish the recap. And then after Seth Fishman, veterinarian gets 20 years for what? For manufacturing, right, mislabeling and administrating the prescription. Does, did George Navarro, a horse trainer who used to be a horse groomer, have the capacity for the logistics 
of getting this manufactured, getting this label from Canada to Pennsylvania, where Penn National is, to Florida, and to horses all over the country. Because remember, they do 115 countries. Could they do that? Or could the Barry and Hardy Sherman Association have more resources and know how to do that? The Ocean Environment has no capacity to do this. It's all kind of. <laughs> 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 it does. It's laughable. Yeah, George Navarro is just a trainer or, or an owner or jo- whatever he is. Or even a fishman. He's just a veterinarian, shady as he might be for 20 years. He doesn't have the expertise or the logistic knowledge to do this. He's been in Florida for 20 years. The capacity that George Navarro has is his one button on his phone away from getting what he needs. Right. And that's one phone call. That's right. all the capacity he has. So. That's it. That's it. So... Uh, $3.2 billion is very interesting because that's the same net worth of the Stronage family who yeah. own six tracks, right, including Santa Anita. They own six horse farms, right, and they own x So they train the horses. You, they run them at their track, and when you place a bet for or against one of their horses, they still get paid off the juice off your ticket. Yep. And if you lose, they have they get all the tickets. They get the juice and your money. <laughs> oh, yeah. So another thing, me as an MBA, the curious licenses, clients that worth fifty million and above, right away I can tell you that three point two billion billion will it be is the tip of the iceberg. Because yeah. this is a big mistake people are making, still making. People are like, oh, $7 trillion stimulus. That's the tip of the iceberg. In the United States is $139 billion uh, economy. Russia, right? Russia used to be $1.7 trillion. Biden just said they're half. Yeah, not anymore. Not even close. So now, now the United States is maybe 400 times bigger than Russia, money-wise. That's why anybody listening to the podcast... All my clients, they all go back and say, pay me triple. Raise my, you know, your raise better be more than inflation. Ask for money because the money is there. Everybody has money. If, especially if you work for the Stronishes, <laughs> I would be asking to pay triple. No doubt. Right. No so back to uh, here, Barry Sherman here. On the night of the 13th, 2017, Honey and Barry Sherman were murdered. Their bodies were found fully clothed on the deck of the indoor pool with no signs of breaking. Later, autopsies revealed that the couple, both of the seven ladies, had died of strangulation by a material. I read in other places it was a belt, right? Yeah, that's... Now, my notes that I have from last year says that they were found in the basement. And I remember reading the story originally found in the basement. Your bodies moved while they were dead. (laughs) Story changing. Where did you find these people? The original cop, where did you find them, right? Uh, They still haven't arrested anybody for this, right? Sherman was the 12th wealthiest man in Canada at the time, right? 
He paid $50 million to Jewish charities. So that's strange, right? The, the story changes about this. And them dying, um, really, it seems like that's where George DeVar started getting sloppy after they were dead, right? Uh, the richest questions we'll talk about next week. You know, questions as far as were they onto something and say, hey, I'm going to blow this up, we're moving, blah, blah, blah. They had to get popped. Um, they had no security. All they had were security cameras. Uh, she had a bruise on her face now, they're saying. Uh, a window to the house had been left open to air out the room that had just been painted. And the basement door was unlocked. Right? I was wish to come in, come in practice for the couple. Uh, the original story, Toronto Sun, was that they were found in the basement. Uh, and then, what did you read about the lab, right? Because because every company I ever gone to, right, they have two set of books. They have the books to give the IRS, then the real books. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it seems from what you're reading, right, that he had a lab, regular lab, yeah. and he had his own lab. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great. I guess in the Wikipedia that you just read, he inherited a lab from his, his uncle, I think it was. Right. And that's how we got into the, that's how he got started. Well, he we went to MIT too. So, you know, that's in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So. Right. You know, right down the street from where I live. So that that might have been where he got his baseline start into the laboratory businesses through MIT and and all that. And then he just inherited a lab and then you know he, he started his own lab company in, in Canada, Toronto, or wherever it was, and then um, you know, and then he put on with, with different trainers and people like that. So Okay, so we'll end with this, and then we'll get into uh, next week. Yeah, and I don't know if we're going to get into it next week, but we uh, probably will, but the police doing it, working on this case has been very strange and is, is not, you know, and, and we'll talk about it next week, obviously, but we both talked about it beforehand. We know what, why it's been slow and strange and everything else, so. Right. Um, you know, we'll so, that next week. But. And after that, We'll, we'll talk about this beautiful woman called Belinda Stronich. She's had some work done. Born in 1966, five years older than I am. From the Stronich family. So what's interesting, right, is that, okay, Stronich family owned San Lina Park, Pimlico, Preakness Steaks, and something I hear so many times, just randomly seeing these horse racing guys, Gulfstream. <laughs> the old Gulfstream. How many times have you heard, oh, the second race in Gulfstream, then the Gulfstream, Gulfstream, Gulfstream. They're over the Spanish family. Yeah, and they're another family that is never, ever mentioned on any broadcast anywhere else, but are huge in the horse racing behind-the-scenes business, too. So that's exactly. another family. I, I have, I'm glad I'm doing That's why important. So important. I tell everybody. I made a lot of money with this, too. Do your own research. 
we're in the information age. You don't have to be, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to be uh, investigator Cousteau, or you don't have to be a uh, big time investigator with all the information that's out here. It's a lot of information on the podcast. Then gets erased. That's why I'm glad. That's the thing too. You see some information that you think is going to be uh, erased. Do what I do. Make a print out of it yourself. Put it in notes. Yep. Right? Because a lot of things. So they're home of $16 million. Pegasus, Pegasus World International Cup. Right? And they own XBET, as we've talked about. And they're the distributor of horse racing content, Monarch Contact Management. So they know how to distribute things, too. So who's better distributing things? The Stronich family or George Navarro or Jason Service? Or even Seth Fisher? Who's better than the Stronich family by a mile? Stronich family by a mile. Right, right. So it's, not, it's not even quite, I mean, Strongage and Sherman families both know what they're doing, and you know behind the scenes, they're, right. they're, the, they're the engine that make make the horse racing go. Right. And so, so, in some aspects, so we we did not get into politics, but as far as it's concerning here, you say, oh, paying FBI agents and this and that. The Strongage family, Melinda Strongage, is mm-hmm. friends of the Clintons. You remember the Clinton uh, body count, right? <laughs> Right, so they give money to the Clinton Foundation. Uh, and, and it's funny how the, the it's funny how these little little pieces of things have changed since right. the original report came out. Right, bodies found in the basement. Oh, they were found at the pool. Right, strung <laughs> by a belt, and we'll get to that too. We'll end with that. We'll we'll end with a belt because being. And I'll ask you an informable question. We'll end this with a two-part question. Okay. The fact that she was strangled with a belt brings up an interesting point. If it's true, we don't know. We don't know. Right. Nobody. Nobody knows. Uh, okay, so two things, right? And I'll ask you. Okay. It's irrelevant. Uh, MP, Stronich with an MP. MP means she was in the Congress of Canada, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Justin Trudeau, President of Canada, right? Very connected guy, obviously. Uh, and then was he there with Trudeau or was he there with Thatcher? I'm not Thatcher. The, the woman. Melinda Stronich. And we'll get into that. She got in a fight with her father over the money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the parents are getting yeah. in a fight over the money. And, and, you know, she's older than me, so she's like, you're of these people going to die. I need my money. But she's got connections with Clinton Foundation and with Justin Trudeau. And she's yeah. on the Canadian uh, uh, Second part of it is uh Barry Sherman's political connections. He had a lot of litigation, right? Uh, regulatory decisions. Who regulates things, right? The government. Yeah. Right? They regulate yeah. stuff, right? Um, they regulate things, right? So he had problems with them. So he, he had filed 1,200 cases against the Canadian federal 
government, right? Which is Trudeau, which is her, her, right? So, you have that. You have that connection. The other connection you have is that the whole strangulation by the neck, right? Uh, same thing, same way uh, Carradine, right? The uh, guy, he got killed. Same way the guy from NXS got killed. Same way uh, Aaron Hernandez, right? Got killed with that way strangulation by the neck with a, with a belt. And to me, I remember this lady in Target Springs who was a man, right? And she was found strangled with a belt next to the pool. Strangled with a belt by the neck. So all these people getting killed the same way. Now, Aaron Hernandez in the madam publicly were killed by organized crime. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So how do you make sense of those the two part question those those uh, those two things? So, in terms of the strangulation, it, you know, is probably the quickest way to to kill somebody. I'm, I'm, I don't know the gunshot wound, a gunshot to right. certain parts of the body. Probably, probably, um, you know, who this person or people. Killed first, who knows? It's probably him, and then it was the wife. Because she was, if she wasn't home, she'd still be alive today. And right. the story would probably be right. Out. She um, wasn't involved in anything. When you start reading about her, he was in philanthropy, yeah. and he didn't want to work out, but they were going to sell the house, they were going to move. And uh, this, the story changed. This is another part of the story that changed. Yeah, uh, it's changing by the month, a year, or whatever. At first, the people that found them in the basement, yes, were the people that were gonna they they were, they were personal trainers, and they came every morning to work her out. And yep. then for the last month, he was working out as well, and they're both working out together, personal trainer, and they found them in the basement. Now yep. is they found them in the pool. Who did they say found them in the pool? The real estate agent that was selling the real house. estate agent that was selling the house. Yeah, yeah. So to me, this this speaks of the police know nothing. The police have nothing. Right. They don't know who did it. I don't think it was was a. I but think it was who reported it. Who did it? And who reported it first? So, like cops do, right? Like your friends up there in the Massachusetts State Police. Once yeah. you find inconsistency, you go after yeah. the people. So exactly. in this case, exactly. you would go after the cops because the cops have right. two different accounts of what happened in the beginning, right? Placing people at the crime. Right. And they don't, they have, supposedly, they have this one guy that was walking in the neighborhood with the right foot. Now they do because of the cameras. Yeah. Now, you know, they have a, a lot of video on him, but they released one piece of video. They don't know who the guy is. They have no idea. I watched the press conference this morning. They don't know who the guy is. And as you said, what can they do? Freeze it, blow his face up, find him that way. And they're not doing it. So, so to me... Well, reading the paper, now this man in Tarpon Springs, 
I did not know her. However, she walked in the neighborhood I lived at the time with her dog. And you know, she would basically walk naked, very attractive lady, very good shape. And the morning she got killed afterwards, she got killed supposedly at 1230 at her house. I was home all day. I saw her walk by. I came out there. I was jogging saw her. She smiled. And she waved. And I'm like, whoa, this, what an outfit, right? <laughs> Basically wearing you know, negligee walking the dog in Florida. I'm like, wow, what an outfit. What a body. You know, and I remember that. Yeah. And you go home, wow. Uh, very nice, right? So, boom. Read the paper. Literally, the next day. She's murdered by the pool, belt, hung, and she had a book of John's, whatever. So you know who killed her? Hernandez, right? Belt, hung the same yep. way. Carradine, same way. Robin Williams, the same way. And the lead senator of NXS, the same way. Hung, belt. And so the I only think that's, that's, that's organized crime who uses the belt. Right. And the other thing that surprised that that you can overlook, but you really shouldn't, is they crossed his legs after they hung him. They, they had him sitting up and they crossed his legs. Right. His legs weren't crossed. They they did it after they killed him, hung him. They did it. They crossed his legs. I think they crossed her legs, too, so their legs were crossed like they were just sitting there. You know, sitting by the pool, you know, if the belt wasn't seen by the real estate agent or whatever, if there was a belt well, the whatever. They found him in another room. Yeah. You would walk in and say, "Hey, how you doing?" Like, like nothing was going on, and then you'd take a closer look and find out they were they were dead. Well, the smell, um, right? Uh, yeah, the smell. I did. I have so, friends of mine who are cops, and he, you told me the story that they waited till there was a dead body, let it lay there a little bit, and then when he yeah. started, they would bring him in to train him how to deal with the smell, to throw up for the first time. We had that smell, da da da, and get his mind and body used to, you know, dead bodies. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I read, too, when it, that there were windows open in the pool area, too, when right. they died, for the smell. Right. So, the windows being open is consistent. The basement to the pool is not consistent. So, you, you don't let that stuff out until you, you definitely have a same story from And then we'll get to the suspect, one suspect. Yeah. The guy walking who they don't have a clear picture of. Yeah, no, but so, other, I'll give you, because we had him from last year, the, the article. Um, and if they, if they have, because uh, I thought they were, they were, go, they were going to scrub this article. So I printed it out. I have it. I'll send it. I'll make sure you have it. Huh? Barry Sherman had a friend from New York who was tied to one of the fad families. It had ties to what? Belmar Park. Mm -hmm. He was a singer. And he was a friend of Barry Sherman's son. And his singer career was supplemented by Barry Sherman. Oh, his son okay. was mad at Barry Sherman for giving this guy more money than what he gave him. And then the son um, got money for rehab 
from the sister. And then when they died, they fought over the uh, the inheritance. That's where I come in. I've been there. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. I just have whoever client is. They give me some money. They need to invest it. They bring me along, so there isn't an intimidation factor. You're upset or supposed to be upset about somebody who died. And I'm the rational person who's not a lawyer, but my job is to do research like we're doing here and ask good questions. Right? So at this point, this guy has a connection. We'll end with this as we're tying this up for next week, deeper into their murder and how it connects to the George Navarro situation. Yeah. As then we pivot to the Stronages. By that time, we'll have the Kentucky Derby and the NFL draft going. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming, it's coming right? Back. So we'll take breaks for that. So if we do part one of the Stronage NFL draft, then after that, we'll do Stronage part two. So you got this guy connected to the five families, criminal record, getting money from Barry Sherman. Barry Sherman has a lab. This guy has connections to Belmont Park. Belmont Park is owned by Penn National. (laughs) Isn't it getting to the point where you have to be dumb at some point not to make the connection of just who are you're saying, Josh, how do you know this? You know, how can you not be making this up? Well, the owner of Belmont Park has to be registered to the state of New York. So you go up to the state of New York website, go Belmont Park, it says owner, whatever, Penn National, whatever people with ties to Penn National. I don't know the details. I'll make sure of it. But there's a connection there. Penn National actually runs horses there. We had the interview of the girl at Belmont Park who's an employee of Penn National interviewing George Navarro. Yeah. All right. So this guy, Scott, we just talked about his connections. Stronish family doesn't have bodyguards. They leave the basement door open. They leave the front door open. There's cameras, but they're not talking about the cameras inside. They're talking about the cameras outside. Outside. Yes. So in a murder, you need to, we talked about what cops want to do, right? Your family members, they want to place people at the crime. So you have to have placement, you have to have motive, and you have to have opportunity. Exactly. This guy, right, we got him placement. He's friends. He can come in at any time you want. He can come through the front door. He's a friend of Barry's. Barry's giving him money. He's giving him more money than he's giving his own son. Exactly. For being, what, a singer? A lounge singer? I don't know. I didn't even know lounge singers really still exist. Except on cruise So he has, you can place him now. Now then, he has the other one, opportunity. Right? You can place him there. He has opportunity, the fact that they have no security system, no bodyguards. I don't go to certain places myself alone. You can need a witness. Yeah, you can. You can. Not even jogging or anything. You can't go alone. You go to the gym or whatever. You can't go anywhere alone, right? Yeah. Much yeah. less, I'm not worth a billion dollars. I'm not worth a billion dollars. I definitely have some bodyguards. 
It's just, it's just. Now we're getting down to modal, right? So is there, that's what we're talking about. Is there some motive involved with the fact that, again, we can place Barry Sherman at a pharmaceutical lab in all places, Ocala. Where does George Navarro want to get transferred to? Ocala. Where's the Shornish farm? Ocala. Ocala. Yeah, it's like 10 nationals up here. Right. Ocala's down here, and you just you connect the dots in between Navarro, Sherman, Stronich, and then you just connect the dots from there. So, you know, the labs in Pennsylvania, we're going to have 10 nationals in Pennsylvania. Boom, boom, boom. Everything's tying together now between Penn National up here and Ocala down here. Right. And then the dots are connected. And that's that's what we're doing. We're connecting the two connected. dots in between. And that's and that's the thing. And and this case, go people who are listening to this right now, go watch the twenty minute police press conference. Right. Just watch it. Okay? This case will never ever be solved. In my mind, will never ever be solved. They will never find who find out who killed them. I, I think it can be solved. No, it can be. I, 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 I believe it may not be prosecuted, but yeah. I think you and I, not like not doing like real detective work, but you and I can figure out. Yeah. Two things: we probably can figure out who did it, but we can figure out who had the motive to do it. Who had the motivation to kill them, based on what we know, based on and in last year we had a theory of who killed them, right? And we'll go through it and we'll come up with that conclusion. I'm not going to tell you. We'll see. We'll come up with that conclusion. But the key to that's what I just said, right? Motive, opportunity, placement, right? So we'll close with this question, okay? Uh, Ocala, right? They have a horse farm in Ocala. In that horse farm is a pharmaceutical. It's a pharmacy. In a pharmaceutical lab owned by who? Barry and Honey. Mm-hmm. And Sherman. Sherman. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? So based on that, could... Barry and Honey Sherman, Barry more than Honey, have information on the Stronages. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do the Stronages have the money to pay somebody, especially somebody who knows them, somebody who's been convicted of crimes before, to go pop them with no yes. security guards and pay off yes. the police too, right? Do they, they're yeah. worth $2.2 billion, right? Who's yeah, I'm sure. Hillary Crittland. I'm sure Hillary, and we'll get into that too. We'll get into you see Hillary yeah. Crittland, da da da. We'll get we'll talk about the Seth Rich case. Yeah. Okay. I mean it's all it all ties together. <laughs> Sherman's probably it really, it really is publicly. But we get yeah. into the oligarchs, the Russian oligarchs, right? Right. Yeah. Oh regime James, what did Biden say. We'll close with this real quick. Well, that's the question we close with. This one, uh, you can answer or we can leave it open, open-ended. Well, well, you can answer. What did Biden say last Saturday? Putin's a busher. Putin must go. Yes. Or yes. did he say the oligarchs must go? 
the oligarchs must be all put in jail in Russia and the elites be responsible for providing the funding that has killed all those people in the Ukraine. They said Putin must go. The front man. Putin, Putin has to go. That's the that's that's his, that's been the stance I think since almost day one is Putin must go. Putin but that's the the guys that are really pulling the strings, the oligarchs, the guys that's in France, right? Yeah. Who owns yeah. Macron? He owns Macron. Macron's complaining. Why? Because he's owned by the Russian oligarchs in France. Because they don't want to live in Russia. They want to live in the south of France, drinking wine, living in the good weather, right? So they own yep. Marcon. It's like, Josh, how do you know they own Marcon? Well, do what I do. Do research. Everything that I say on this podcast, I have to. I have a fiduciary responsibility. Yeah, My license says that whatever I say has to be proved. So what you do is look at the campaign contributions yep. to President Marcon in France and then do cross-checking The Guardian, The Sun, The Economist, on who these Russian oligarchs now here that what they're doing with Marconi is illegal here supposedly it's illegal and they just popped a congressman for that for a foreign entity or person to contribute to an American campaign they don't have those laws in France yep. that's why Marconi so oh, how can you say that about Putin well because he's paid to do that. Any final thoughts before we get to next week? No, it, I mean it's just. Oh, I mean, the question I forgot to tell you that I'm going that we're close with. Okay. Now, uh, with the information we have now, before we go to next week, detail into astrology. When you're looking at a race form, are you going to notice the horses that are owned by the astrology family versus the horses that are not versus the trainer versus the jockey? On who's going to win that race. I think it really gives you a competitive advantage in picking courses. Because now you know a lot more about what the CC wishes. Are they going to attack the, this race for this horse? Is this a horse that they want to increase its value so they can sell it better for strong? Because maybe this Trojan family, and they're organized. For one thing you can say about them, that they make, you know, whatever, that they kill people. But you can't say they're disorganized. They're very, very, very well organized. Oh, very organized. When you, when you have that much money, your organizational skills are, are top notch. Right. And yeah, you're going to know who the horse is out of the storm which is on. <laughs> you certainly are. And it's going to help you pick the right horse to, to pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because even you know, if they're not spiked, right? We know now, since they have a lab in their farm, and who owns that lab? Well, it was owned by these guys, Barry and the legal drugs these horses can take. They're going to be top notch. Yeah, the thing with me is, is I'm just not going to on Saturday morning of Kentucky Derby say right. I'm picking that horse. I like that horse. I'm picking that. You're going to do your research. I, I'm going to start when post draw hits. Right. That's when I start doing my research. In fact, I do it a couple of days before because I look at last three races, where they've run, how they've run, time, stuff. I look at everything. So it's not a rookie look in that. Yeah, maybe my first year I did. I was a rookie and didn't look at all this stuff. But as the years have gone on, I, it's just like NFL. You got to research it. You have to. I mean, we go over constantly every every Wednesday night I, with the I, NFL. I've, I've been 100%. I don't even 
I don't know anything about horse racing. But I've been 100% when a trainer or a family or whoever has three horses in a race. Mm-hmm. Think basketball. One horse is setting a pick for the other horse, and the, the horse is going to increase in value. It's going to either finish first or second in that race. Yeah, exactly. I've been 100% exactly. of that. Now, we, the Kentucky Derby, right, is going to be, let's say, in a month from now. You start now looking at it. I'll call people, Florida Derby, people that work there. And I'm like, hey, I don't know anything about this. Oh, yeah, they'll tell you the whole story. Absolutely. You know, it's going to be very interesting to me to see uh, who, 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 what, where, and why. Is it the Kentucky Oaks the day before? And then the Kentucky Derby. Yep. Yep. No question. You got to start now. I've already looked at the leaderboard of, uh, you know, Kentucky Derby entrance, basically. So I I, I kind of know the horses are in there. Don't know post position yet, obviously. That won't come until the week out. But um, yeah, I've already started to look at a couple of them. Six weeks before really the NCAA cool. tournament. We started researching yeah. to be profitable every day at the tournaments of one. And uh, overall be 63%. 11% over margin for profit. Not as much as we did before, but we didn't get killed. We made money right. and we didn't get killed by doing that research. It's like gold. You people got to stop watching and uh, listening to us. <laughs> no, but you got to watch. Year, you and I, we got 105 years of knowledge. Learn from yeah. things. Yeah. And then, so, Winston Churchill said, right? And it's true, right? When you give... 10, you get 100 back. Not philanthropy, it's not religion. It's just uh, like Howard Cosell used to say when we were young, just the way it is. <laughs> you mean, and now you know the rest of the story. You're right, remember him, yeah. Uh, you gotta remember that guy's name. Now you know the rest of the story. Yeah, that's how it ends with this. Course racing, now you know the rest of the story. The rest of the story, exactly. So expect on your ticket now you know the rest of the story about X-Bet. So I remember listening to X-Bet on the radio. I'm like, X-Bet, who are these guys? You make a life, you make a living from your labor, what you do for work. You're 9-5, day to day. But you make a life from what you give. Those Christmas presents you give, the Bitcoin card to pay for gas with winnings from sports betting you give to your wife. You make a life from that. Thanks for listening to the Horse Racing True Crime. Here comes American Pharaoh, and he sweeps up on the far outside, and they're into the stretch, and it's American Pharaoh who has taken the lead on the outside. In between horses, it's firing line. Dortmund is down at the rail as they come into the final furlong. American Pharaoh, firing line, not done yet, and these two come into the final 16th. It's American Pharaoh in front, firing line. Dortmund is third, Frosted is fourth, coming to the finish, American Pharaoh, and Victor Espinosa had won the Kentucky Derby. Firing line was second, Dortmund was third, Frosted finished fourth.
And I can't live with these things out here. A mile 